detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again for another episode. As I, After I pulled the pin on uh, Darkman a couple of weeks ago, Jared, you're still fucking dirty, I think, on that whole situation. Yeah, I was fuming. I mean, Ghost in the Machine was a great episode. I mean, if you had have said, you know, um, I'll pull Darkman, but let's watch a good movie, I would have been, oh, okay. <laughs> but then you trotted out Ghost in the Machine. I'm thinking, fuck, what happened to you? Like, what have I done? Is this some sort of joke? <laughs> Look, I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> Let's just leave it alone. Yeah. Okay. So tonight, Dark Man from 1990. Let's do a quick whip round. I have seen three parts of nothing, except for I saw episode three of American Horror Story. All right. Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mate. She's going. <laughs> she's going off tab. Yeah. yeah. It's. it's Which done. maybe you would have been more. Open to if you had watched the yeah. previous series. Yeah, because I, I, I haven't never seen it. Yeah, the show, and I knew peripherally that they're all they've all got a weird sort of bent to them. Yeah. And there's a twi- there's Which twist. Is part of it. the reason I've resisted, like it's there, ready to watch, but I'm just like I kind of want to see the other ones first. Yeah, it might be worth watching one of the other seasons first, right? Just to get a sense of what you're up against, because it's now. I mean, it's. Yep. It's got, there's two killers seemingly running around. There's all sorts of random things going on. Mm. Everybody's trying to screw each other over. As you said, the, the whole thing about the show is that it's not not what you expect, yeah. right? There's supernatural yeah. and mystery elements. And, and they're kind of jumping forward, back, flashbacks. You know, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And look, I'm not knocking it because, you know, as a lot of people said, it's very hard to do a, a slasher TV series mm. as a classic slasher film it has to have yeah elements to build on even slasher that slasher is getting it has as close as it comes to you know making a slasher film on a, on a, a 10 episode arc but you had to have all sorts of characters with different bits and yeah, bobs. You yeah. can't just have fucking Jason wandering through the for <laughs> 10 hours that came with its own uh, challenges yeah, exactly so I kind of understand and I appreciate what they're doing, but I guess I'm just such a bloody idiot that I was just hoping for, <laughs> I was just hoping for 10 hours worth of stalker slash. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah, was all I was idiot. up for. Yeah. And, you know, throw in a mystery. So as soon as they, as soon as they uh, you know, put a twist on the formula a little bit, you're oh, kicking and screaming. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> the moment someone yeah, turns like screaming out in the middle of like <laughs> Crystal Lake, yeah, I'd be just like, "What? Why is that happening? <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> I can't handle this." <laughs> so yeah, look, it's going along. I'll keep it. I'll keep going. Mm. Um, I think it's going. From <laughs> what I've heard, <laughs> what so seven or eight more episodes? No, of you I think it's. And moaning. <laughs> I think it's only meant to be six episodes long. Right. Okay. That's what I heard. Yep. So. Maybe that's maybe I'm wrong, but I'll yeah, I'll keep going and I'll see how it goes. Okay, I'll, I'll continue to piss and moan as the episodes continue. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> what about you? Looking have you done, to it. Have you done to hear it. Yeah, yeah, I've watched a few actually. Um, Shit, what the fuck are you so doing? I continued, I continued <laughs> my tangents. I continued the rabbit holes from last week. Jesus. So after we watched the Punisher, I sort of delved into more early superhero fare, and I um. Went onto YouTube and watched the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. <laughs> Ooh, how was so, that? Is that better than the like, recent Fantastic Four? <laughs> Actually, it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it was 
it was a curiosity, not much more than that. Yeah. It's pretty funny seeing how they tried to make it for the for the price that they did, though. Yeah. Um, the effects are just it's it's kind of funny because some of the effects are really good for the price, like the thing, mm. and Doctor Doom's costume looks fine for what you can what you can ask for. There's a couple of parts which I found out later were done by an artist towards the back end that. Look pretty good. Looks mm. kind of like matte painting almost. He did it on computer like he does parts of Doom's Castle and that. They look all right. But then there's some absolutely sort of shambolic <laughs> efforts to do with, you know, Mr. <laughs> Fantastic stretching and the invisibilities quite done quite cheaply. And, um, yeah, some of the computer effects. I mean, the space suits from the <laughs> their crashed rocket ship. It's Yeah, it's, it, it's quite How much is it made for? One mil. One mil. Yeah. And it's quite clear that that wasn't enough. Yeah. So further to that, I watched the doco. I watched Doomed. Yeah. The story of the, the Fantastic Four, Roger Corman Fantastic was Four. Was that also on YouTube? No, that was on, uh, I had to sign up to Tubi for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I don't have to pay anything, but <laughs> I can Just tell you. Sign up to Tubi. <laughs> I can tell you, I won't be going back to it. I think I want to rescind my, my what, what, membership. What's on Tubi? Revoke my own Is membership. anything else on nah, Tubi? It's crap. Absolute crap. Just every bit Funnily of... Funnily enough, there's a few things that are on Amazon Prime that are on Tubi. Oh, those are Prime, <laughs> then, so it's a low bar. It's really, Tubi. really low rent stuff. So... Any horror? Lots, but not clowns any that like you'd us. Want to not watch, or are no. we talking about real low? No, real low, low sort of oh, fair. Like Jesus. ones where you just look at the cover and go, nah. <laughs> or in our case, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it gets cold enough. <laughs> it's yeah. It look. It's not good. Um, but yeah, the doco was good because it went into those. It kind of explained a few of the things that you'd just seen, like how come a couple of those shots of Doom's Castle looked all right and how come some of the other computer effects looked, looked terrible. horrendous. And it actually explains that the, the ones that looked all right were done by a guy at the end that put his hand up to fix a couple of things and the computer scene of like the, the um, human torch, which just looks horrendous. Um, was because they had an effects man who trumped up his resume <laughs> and couldn't really produce what he said he couldn't produce. Of all the things to be trumping your resume up about, <laughs> special effects is not the best one to no. do. No, but the funny thing is, like, the, the one of the points that they made in the documentary is, hey, we're still talking about this one mm. and no one's talking about any of the three other Fantastic Four films. Yeah. So, I mean, there is something... Nostalgia there is something there. and the the laughable nature of it. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, Troll 2. Yeah, yeah. Still talking about Troll 2. And there's a, there is elements of it that work fine for a, for a little kind of adventure movie. Isn't it funny that you're making that film for a minion and they're still talking about it, even though it's Shambot. I mean, they kind of love it. Kind of laughing at it, yeah. But the most recent one was a hundred million dollars, and it was an absolute piece of shit. Nobody yeah. was interested in that at all. Yep. And there's there I mean, is those actors want to take it off their resume. I know there is there is parts of this one that are kind of they got a goofy sort of charm to it. Like it, it wasn't. I, I didn't watch the movie just going. Oh, this is. Just, I feel for the actors. I can't do because they actually legitimately thought they were yeah, getting something. Yeah, and that was you know it went into that quite a bit. Why did you not tell anyone if this was the initial plan? And they kind of go into whether it was the, the initial plan or whether it was it came about after it was all done. But anyway, it didn't really 
you know, that's definitely a, that's worth viewing. Definitely yeah, worth yeah. signing up to Tubi for. Yeah, well, if you can get it without signing up to Tubi, <laughs> I'd probably do that. But you know, you do, you do what you have to sometimes. Um, so that was that rabbit hole. I I scampered down another one. And I watched Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. To, oh, to so you wanted to complete the circle. <laughs> complete the circle of hell. Uh, Robin Hood. Yeah, some of the recent ones. Uh, how um, was Prince of Thieves? It was enjoyable enough for what it was. Is like, it the best of the three? I would probably watch it again before I'd watch any of the others. Mm. Costner, you know, you, you get your Kevin Costner. He was Freeman. pretty bad because he was, didn't have an English accent. Freeman yeah. slumming it. Yeah. It's almost worth watching just for Alan Rickman. He is just, he is way over the top. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. It was just like, <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, but that's the way to go. With yeah, that yeah. He was just. Isn't Christian Slater in it? Christian Slater was in it. Mm. Yeah, it was It was entertaining enough for what it was. At least it had that kind of adventurous, that kind of roguish element that, yeah. I mean, Rusty's missed that. Rusty's... No, Rusty got too serious. <laughs> Rusty and Ridley got too serious. Yeah. Um, and uh, Guy Ritchie got too lock stock on it. Yeah, a little bit. Just, yeah, look, that product... No, that wasn't Guy Ritchie, was it? But it got... It, the other one got Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Guy Ritchie was King Arthur, but it it followed a yeah. similar sort of template. You've got to... You've got to look closely at... Like, Costas is probably the one that's as close as you want to get to... As best as you can get to it. Yeah. In terms of that roguish charm, the action, that sort of stuff. What was Rickman's classic quote from that? Remember, he's, there's a you part where he's like, Yeah, he's all pissed off. And he's like, you, my chamber, 10.30. You, 10.45. <laughs> and bring a friend. <laughs> <laughs> he was just absolutely like he was hysterical almost every time he was on screen. It was piss funny. Um, Who was made Marion in that one? Uh, Keep thinking, Mary Kate Elizabeth Master Antonio, Antonio. Yes, yeah. So I watched Hellboy, the new, new one. one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm making faces here. Not great. Not, Not great. Not good at been, all. Could have been all right. Like it could have been like David Harbour fit the bill. Ian McShane, he's you know, yeah, usually he's pretty good for good for what he's there for, but just. Oh. But there was talk know, about strife like on rushed, set, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. It's Both just not of, listening, and again, another one where some of the effects, like the computer effects, at times are just. It's like I don't know whether you watch the product afterwards. Like elements of it look really good, but then the the, the thing that you've put together, the monster that you put together clearly sort of stands out from the background that it's on. It doesn't even look like it's, you know, interacting. Yeah, you know, when it's walking on the ground, it doesn't look like it's on the fucking ground. Like, it's it's just really weird. It's The story felt a bit rushed at parts. It's a $50 million budget too, so, yeah. you know, you got you get that shit right. It just, yeah, I don't know, it just felt like another missed opportunity. Like, Neil Marshall is the, I would have been happy enough for him he to seems go like into the that right sort of guy. stuff because he's, he's got a lot of stuff on his resume that I really, really like. Um, but yeah, this one I don't know. Maybe he didn't get didn't get the fair crack at it. That well, if it's a, if if you know again alleged, what's alleged is his actors weren't fucking listening to him. Mm. I think it's pretty hard to get get the product that you want. Yeah, when your main actors don't don't care to listen to what you've got to say. Yeah. I think. And the producers pulling power moves like. Honestly, I know Do you, you want a good film or not. I, well, this is the thing. I know you've got to you've got to stick to a budget, and you you're responsible for overseeing that sort of shit. But 
is that the way to go about it? Like, shouldn't you just be saying we need to work together to get the best that we can get here? Yeah. So I don't know what was going on. And as I said, there'll probably be a bloody book written about it at some I mean, point. I mean, we've seen this shit a thousand times. You know what you're getting in in for. You mm. know what the script is. Yeah. So what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. Like, once you've got a script you like, that's when you start filming and you should have no issues with what's being filmed if you're a producer. That's what I don't understand. We've seen this several times in the last 12 to 18 months with things like The Predator, you know. You knew what you had. Yeah. And then you ripped the ring out of it because, what, you didn't think it looked good when you filmed it? You didn't think it might, I mean, didn't you read the script? (laughs) I reckon half of them don't bother. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Did you go down another rabbit hole from this? No, I didn't. I stuck with that that one. Um, watched a little bit more Woo Assassins. How's that? Working my way through that. I'm down I'm towards the back end now. It's getting very mystical. A lot mystical. of mysticism. <laughs> As I said, I still like it for, you know, when the martial artists are getting into their little fight scenes and things like that, I quite enjoy it. I don't dislike the show. I've actually quite enjoyed it for what it is, but some, some parts of it are just a little bit... Childish, a bit childlike, a little bit, before, yeah, a little bit down the line. Yeah. I saw Abominable with the kids. That was a bit of How fun. How was that? Yeah, it was all right. It was, uh, yeah, just that's uh, not a Pixar. It's not, film, no, it's not a Pixar. It's, it doesn't quite hit the marks of a Pixar or something like that. But had a nice little message to it. A bit of fun. Yeah. I watched The Shadow of the Moon. Oh on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. I'll be interested in it. It's got an element to a sort of well-worn. A well-worn sort of genre that we know, but it adds a adds something to it that I haven't quite seen before, mm. and that stuff was really interesting and was probably the most interesting part of it. I thought Boyd Holbrook was all right; mm. he gave a pretty good performance. Um, unfortunately, it just didn't hold together for the whole runtime. Like it just felt a little bit. There were stretches of it where you just felt like, come on, let's just get through this. Let's work through this and yeah. get some more info about... It felt like the plot just halted a number of times. And then, you know, parts of it, it felt like, you know, there's an action action kind of sequences to it. Then it kind of goes drama and then it's sort of sci-fi, like... So it's a bit all over the it's shop. It's a bit totally. all over the shop. But I'll check it out again. Felt like another missed opportunity, another another idea that could have been really, See, really you interesting. You have watched some sort of stuff that's right on the cusp. Yeah, right it's on the cusp, not, not quite getting there. So the last one I watched was the it was uh, Joker. Oh yeah, yeah, that's copped some interesting reviews. It's sort of you know it's been reasonably well received. Yeah, look, I liked it. I liked. It. I watched the movie and I kind of enjoyed the experience. But the more I think about it. The, the 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 more the kind of the stitches come apart a little bit, very much inspired by Scorsese, obviously. Yeah, doing a bit of Taxi Driver and King of New York sort of stuff. The biggest thing for me is I hear Todd Phillips talk about it, and I just I just continue to think you weren't you weren't the man for the job. Like he's come up with a really interesting film, sort of stylistically, and and Joaquin Phoenix is excellent. But at the end of the day, I just don't think it. I mean, Todd Phillips talks about, oh, we're taking the Joker and we're doing all these things that haven't been done with him before, but almost everything he did in the movie is something that I've seen Mm. in a comic somewhere along the line, like Mm. Brian Azzarello's Joker, like The Killing Joke. Dark Knight Returns even has elements of that, the talk show sort of business. Like, it just, I don't know, it just struck me as and I'm okay seeing interpretations of this that are different Mm. but don't come out here and spout how you're doing all this different shit 
and then you do all this stuff that's been done before. I'm just like, it clearly shows me that you just, you don't actually, you never cared to have a, have any investment in the Joker mm. or the character. So you don't really know. I think he just, you know, wanted to palm the comic book stuff aside yeah. and do his own thing, which I'm totally fine with. But it just, I don't think it worked any better than what anyone else has done. And I don't feel like, at the end of it, I look at it and I say the messages that you're putting out there about him being a fucking rallying cry to the people were really fucking surface level shit. There was no, there wasn't all this depth to it that you're talking about. Mm. And unfortunately, that's the stuff that I'm still thinking about. Mm. Even though when I was watching it, I was sitting there going, really enjoyable sort of performance, don't mind the picture at all. All I'm left thinking about is is the stitches that are coming apart in the whole piece. Right. And I just feel like, you know, there didn't need to be, I mean, some of the explanations and some of the shit that goes on, it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. Right. So, so it's kind know. of... You, I'm a little bit cold on yeah. it. Yeah. The, 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 the more I think about it, the, the more distance I get from it, I've gone a little bit cold on the whole thing. Mm. All right, look, I'm all for this brand, this taking a character and doing one single film completely removed from any and removing all the connections any to Batman universe in the films. I'm all for that, and I'm fine with it. I just felt like this one, you know, you trumpeted how different you were going to be, and really it wasn't all that different, and it wasn't all that smart, and it wasn't all... Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. And it, I, I look at it and I say I felt like they were... I don't know whether they were sort of trying to champion the behaviour or give us a sympathetic angle, but to me, that that just shows me you don't really get it Mm. because there's there's no fucking sympathy there. And that's why Heath Ledger still stands out because the fucking thing is ambiguous. This guy is just fucking chaotic and it's not about where he he sort of came from. And And in that one, he he gave multiple... Yeah, he gave conflicting backstories. Repeatedly about where he came from and what he'd done and... You like know, it's, it's, and we never the, got, we never actually got the backstory. Yeah, we never it's got kind anything. of like a mirror of Batman. You know, yeah. Batman's the fucking Batman suffered the tragedy, and and it fucking gave him all these morals, and it um, he's he's you know he's dark and he's brooding and he never smiles. The Joker's fucking colourful and yeah, um, you know, constantly smiling. He's fucking permanent smile. And he's got no fucking re- rhyme or reason. That's kind of the. It's the kind of mirror that. Yeah, he's just the doing opposite. it for something to do. Create you know? chaos. Create a- anarchy. Yeah. Um, look, I never really warmed to the trailers of it. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just me. I'm not a big comic book guy, but it, every time I saw it, I just thought, I don't really know why we have this. Yeah. Like, I'm not really sure why we have this, and and do I really want to know? And, you know, basically, you know, I came to the conclusion I don't really need to see this because I don't think that it's 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 something important to me. Yeah. And I'm still uh, with the Heath Ledger version. Yeah. Like, I and still feel that's the best version. And this one's not going to displace it. Yeah. Even though Phoenix is a fantastic actor. He's really good, but I just felt like, yeah. Someone was crapping on about Oscar nominated. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And I just, I get this kind of, you get this message of what you know the society creates people and society has you know the impact that it has on people and what it can do to people and this one it just felt all surface level it just felt like where it was going was where exactly where you thought it was going to go some of the elements were just ridiculous and I don't know I just I wasn't the, the more I kind of go back to it and even when I was watching it, there was a few things that were happening where I was just like, I didn't like that. But 
don't know. I, I, I just think you probably enjoy the experience, but I, yeah, I don't think it holds you up. Won't to, stand up yeah. to multiple viewings. I don't think mean? so. I no. don't think so. But that's just me. Maybe that's just. I've got an attachment to certain things about the characters and like I said, I'm all for doing it differently and showing me a different take on that. I love kind of Elseworlds kind of stories where you, you you give it a different spin. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Some of the stuff that, that Phillips has gone on with is just, I, know, I think I, I think I've just justified in not being a particular fan of the bloke. So. No. Anything else, mate? No, that was it. That was it. All right. Here's the trailer for 1990's Dark Man. Who? No foolish heroics, if you please. Is. Dark Man. They destroyed everything he had. All that he loved. Everything that he was. Now. Crime has a new enemy. And justice has a brand new face. I was afraid that you wouldn't want me anymore. Of course I still want you. The good news is that I know who's behind our little troubles of late. Finish it. He has the power to look like any man. They threw a both sons of witches! But he is unlike any man. I gotta tell you something about me. He's a cockroach. You think you're killing? And he pops up someplace else. In the darkest hour. There's a light that shines on every human being. But one. From director Sam Raimi. Dark Man. Dark Man from 1990. Directed by Sam Raimi, who uh, directed The Evil Dead. Produced by Robert Tapert, who produced Time Cop and Don't Breathe. It was written by Sam Raimi, Chuck Farrar, who, who I think he wrote Hard Target. Ivan, not Ivan Raimi, Ted Raimi. My apologies, I was calling him Ivan <laughs> Raimi last night, I'm not really sure why. Who wrote Drag Me to Hell, and Daniel and Joshua Golden. It stars Liam Neeson as Peyton Westlake slash Darkman, Francis McDormand as Julie Hastings, Larry Drake as Robert G. Durant, and Colin Friels as Lewis Strack Jr. Budget was $16 million, and it made worldwide 48 mil. And Joel and Ethan Cohen did some uncredited doctoring on the finished script. Shit. Didn't know that. All right. I thought that this was, it never failed to entertain. It's a weird mixture of comic book hero stuff and horror film. Yep. And but and there's a shitload of style, you know. It's mulcade to the max. <laughs> there's some dated effects. Yep. And there's some silly sequences. <laughs> but overall, 
I had a real good time with this. Yeah. Three and a half for me. Yep. Bang on. I'm exactly the same. Three and a half, pretty much word for word what you said. I love the way that they treat the character like one of the kind of universal classic monsters, like, mm. um, I don't know, sort of Phantom of the Opera, Quasimodo. Yeah. Quite honestly, I came out of this thinking, fuck, I wish I would make another Darkman movie with today's kind of money and... I would love to see someone like Blumhouse take a crack at that. Yeah, Man, yeah. You know? I think it'd be awesome. But yeah, I just I had a ton of fun with it. It's Raimi, Raimi to the max. Yeah, yeah. His, you know, directorial flourishes and his quirky sense of humour. But some of it works an absolute treat. Yes. A couple of things that not quite so much, which we'll get into later. But yeah, yeah I had a, I had a blast with it. Yeah, I so did I. And with regards to the likes, as I said, it, it it's, it's kind of a comic book film, but it's not. Mm. It's like this weird hybrid of, like, there are moments of kind of horror, yep. but they're comic booky in style. Yeah. Even his face, yeah. you know, yep. it's quite grotesque, but yet you don't look at it and go, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like just part of the character, and they kind of dress him up like the mummy a mm. little bit, but it's kind of different to see the comic book pieces attached to horror film aesthetic, which is what yeah. Raimi brings to the table. You know, yeah, it's just, really quirky. As mm. you said, his, his kind of look is inspired by some of that classic stuff, the universal classic monsters, but he acts with a bit more of a, a you know, a, as you said, a horror movie kind of bent, like yeah. some of his actions and some of the sequences play out like horror movies, but it's absolutely steeped in like comic book lore, yeah. comic book type origin story and lore and the bad guys have those those um almost Dick Tracy qualities yeah, so, yeah. to some of the bad the guys, suit you know. And tie, sort of, you know, you've got your smarmy bad guy, but you've also got your muscle and his crew. Yeah. And the things like the music stuck out to me. Mm. It's got a real sort of operatic comic book yeah. Batman style musical theme yeah well it's it's Danny like Danny. immediately you're like this sounds like Batman yeah, sort of stuff and then it's Danny like Elfman. well it's Danny Elfman there you go like but it kind of works to give us the comic book intros and, and you know the as you say the the whole um, origin story of Darkman mm. so it's even origin. that it's an origin story but it's a little more grotesque like yeah. what you see them do to him and what they do to his pal and, and it's just got but then it's just got these moments of kind of like weirdness. Yeah. Because I mean, this is a raving. This is a rave, classic raving. I mean, every time we go into Dark Man's mind, it's like, <laughs> talk about getting mind fucked. <laughs> there is all sorts of shit going on in there. Yeah. But that's your Raimi. That's what Raimi brings to this type of thing. Yep. And I think, to be honest, I haven't seen the sequels in a while. I've got Dark Man too. They're ready to rock and roll whenever you're ready. But. <laughs> I think that's what, if I recall, that's what was missing from the sequels, other than Nathan. <laughs> that's what was missing from the sequels, That, that those kind of directorial touches. Do we feel that um, perhaps some of the budget was also missing? Well, yeah, probably no, some of that too. Films. As we said, I don't think they even bothered getting in touch with Nathan. I think they saw the figures they might have been working with the next ones and thought, ah, Liam's not going to do this. <laughs> Arnold Vosler is available. <laughs> Yeah, we've got done the next best thing, Arnold Bosley. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Look, I love Arnold. Love him. But I don't think he's the next, next best thing <laughs> to uh, Neeson. Not quite. And look, this was early Neeson too. Yeah. So you could have got him. <laughs> you could have got him at a prize. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> you, you could have, if you'd have haggled a few extra million out of someone, you could have got <laughs> the probably got, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think no so. fucking chance of getting him now. No. And even with some of the movies he makes now, like uh, Neeson, you know, he's, he's obviously not uh, too worried about embarrassing himself. <laughs> but... You need to pony up. <laughs> He's got to embarrass himself for the right price. <laughs> when were the sequels made? Mid nineties. They came out pretty close together, and I think, I think they might was, have been shot back to back. I think they was yeah. I, I remember them coming out pretty close together, and I think it was about because this was ninety. This was nineteen ninety. Yeah, so I think it was about ninety three or ninety four, maybe even later. Again. What what sort of stuff had Neeson been in for that stuff? <laughs> Not enough to his asking price to go through the roof. No, I don't think so. Hell. Um, so Darkman two was ninety five, and okay. three was ninety six. So it's five years. Okay, Neeson Neeson was probably in Rob Roy by then. <laughs> yeah. Okay, his price was up a little higher. <laughs> a little bit higher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the film is stylized up to Wazoo. Yeah. And. Raimi throws everything into the mix. Oh, he was in Nell and Schindler's List. Too, oh, so sh- his prices. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. His, yeah, price his price had gone up a little bit. But fuck, but pony the- up an extra five. It's all got- on the back of Dark Man, I'm telling you. Actually, no <laughs> actually, pony up an extra two. You're getting him, aren't you? Probably. Yeah. I mean, this was the nine. I mean, no, nah, fuck. It was the nineties, mate. Well, he was. People were making twenty-five mil a picture. No, he wouldn't get. Yeah, he that's right. Paid, he wasn't. Though. But but because the Stallones and that were getting twenty-five. Yeah. The prices were up on everyone else, so he's probably he probably was getting more than he probably should have been. R- Raimi's style gives it something fresh, I guess. Yeah. Because not everyone does this kind of film like. Raimi, a classy example is when they beat Neeson up mm. in his in his apartment. That is that is. And classic. they ram his head into some, <laughs> some glass, <laughs> some glass cabinetry, and Raimi shoots it from inside. Yeah. So every time his face is rammed <laughs> through there, Neeson's going, <laughs> and then he's yanked out. You know, and he's banging through the neck. Yeah, yeah, and you quickly, you know, you, you dolly to the next bloody yeah, yeah. and then bang. Through that, so it was three cabinets, yeah. wasn't it? One, two, three. Classic. Absolutely uh, love it. See, all I could think of was Evil Dead. <laughs> That's what's missing from two or three, I tell you. But it gives it its own style. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what obviously two and three didn't have. I wonder who directed two and three. I'll, find out you do it, yeah. I'll get back to you. Um, but this sort of film, like comic book films, needed a style. Like, you can't you can't just go and trot out the same old shit. So this was early in the comic book sort of style film days. So this brought something to the table that you didn't normally see. Mm. Which that's why a guy like Sam Raimi's had a very um successful career. That's probably how he ended up getting involved in something like Spider Man. Yeah. In fact, I believe there are some of those Weird sort of shots and stuff in Spider Man. Oh, absolutely, and even Spider Man Two when Doc Ock's getting his arms. Yeah, looks just like the vines and shit in Evil Dead yeah. and the the camera angles that he uses in there. So it's yeah. Two and three were directed by Bradford May. What's his resume like? Oh, a lot of a uh, lot of cheap stuff on there. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's yeah he's a he's a working director. Okay, good. He's got plenty of credits. A lot of TV series and things like that. Yeah. But that's what's missing. 
Yeah. A guy like him is a Spuds and Burger director. You bring him in, you ask him to do a job, this is what we want, you shoot it however you like, you know. You don't really look at Sam Raimi's stuff. Quick note, Bradford May was the cinematographer on Monster Squad. Oh, really? There you go. One of my faves, that one. Yep. Now, um, in the opening sequence, what is it about guys with nunchuckers? Why have we got nunchuckers (laughs) in in, in these gangs? Ninja Turtles. Yeah. (laughs) They were, they were still popular. It's out of place. Everybody else has got a gun and this goose is falling past a fucking pair of nunchucks. Uh, nunchuck, yeah, my biggest thing is why do you have nunchuckers if we never see anyone use them? <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall him saying, Look, knock anyone down with the nunchucks. They haven't got a lot of reach either. No, <laughs> like, it's no. close quarters combat with that stuff. Yeah, in a gunfight, if you're 50 metres away with your nunchuckers, <laughs> you may as well start running the other direction, mate. Yeah, actually, I believe there might be, you know how they frisk the other... Uh, Larry Drake yeah, yeah. I think a pair of nunchucks <laughs> in that thing too. So, you know. Oh dear. I think the actors are fairly solid. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they approach the material in the way that I think it was supposed to be approached. Yeah. There's, Larry Drake. Larry Drake's okay. Um, I think that both Neeson and Francis McDormand are fine. Um, Frilzy, we might have some things to say about him. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll hold back on Frilzy for the moment. <laughs> but, yeah, they do what's required and they, they kind of accept that this is a little bit out there. Yep. I mean, there are moments when Neeson... <laughs> Neeson hams, mate. Dancing around like a... With something on his head, <laughs> singing some song. At yeah, one I'm not point. sure that ended up in the lights, but you know that level of ham was required for this, some of the other stuff that he was doing. <laughs> I mean, that was fucking pig. It was full pig. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was really laying it out there. Yep. Um, so uh, you, they did what was required of them mm. um, and understood the material to be a little bit different. Yeah. Which um, is good. I, I think, you know, going back to the, the start, when you're talking about the nunchucks, number one, obviously, the bloke that you said you said reminded you of Dikemi Matumbo <laughs> with the big flat top and, you know, very tall gentleman. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that he was talking on a phone that, I don't know, appeared to be carried around in some sort of lunchbox or something. Um, was, it, was, it, was it actually attached to something or was it a mobile? <laughs> no, it was, it was a cord. I think he had it. He had, like, a, a case there and it looked like it was possibly behind... Oh. Whatever it was, it was behind that case, but it, so, so it when, looked like it was carried around. Because this case. character's name was Eddie Black. When Eddie Black turns up to shake down another crew, he brings a fucking packed <laughs> lunch. Packed yeah, yeah. And as I said to you, one of the things that got me was um, Duran's haircut. <laughs> I look at it and I'm like, that's a like for me because clearly as soon as you see a bloke getting around with a haircut like that, Running with the crew, you know that at some point somebody has said, "Boss, yeah, you know, what's going on with your hair?" <laughs> and that person ended up, ended up deceased. <laughs> so everyone else is just okay with Duran getting around with a haircut like this. Yeah, yeah, he's got a slight bald patch. He's also got it all combed down straight. <laughs> he looks bloody ridiculous. Yeah, you know a man who looks like that with no one querying his. Uh, 
querying his fashion choices. <laughs> Something's happened previously. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, made an example of somebody that you know, questioned <laughs> whether he should get himself down to Just Cuts and get his <laughs> get it sort of. Well, get yourself down to Tommy Gunn. <laughs> Tommy you know, Gunn, Tommy that's Gunn. it. Well, they'll give you a little bit of product. Yep. The film starts with a bit of a flourish. I actually think the shootout in the hangar is quite good. Um, yeah. Although I'm not really sure why there were cars in fucking... <laughs> yeah, there was cars in uh, shipping crates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like randomly in shipping crates, and I didn't quite understand. Were they the good guys or the bad guys? Or... They were the bad... They were they were Black's crew, weren't they? I think so. Yeah. It didn't really say because... What, so... Because like, Durant shoots one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. The so hang on. So, so Black... Had... Black's, Black's shaking down the, these guys. Yeah. But he's also got a crew of dudes he had a couple of guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay... We're going to hang out here and just do our usual business. You blokes take the cars into the shipping crates just in case. This is, you know, what we do every time we're down at the docks just to be prepared. We stash a couple of cars in the shipping crates. When we, when you need it, you come steaming out of the shipping crate firing. Look, it would, to me it says that Eddie Black's planning and prep probably weren't really no, that great. No, no. I think he needed to go through his... Uh... I mean, firstly, you're coming out of the darkness into the light. <laughs> yeah, my eyes are going to adjust. <laughs> I am hitting the first thing yeah. out there. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I, he's firing indiscriminately. There's a, like, <laughs> surely you're cleaning up half of your crew at the same time, <laughs> especially the blokes with the nunchucks. They've got to get close to the guys with the guns. You haven't thought this out, Black. Yeah. You really need to work on your strategies here. <laughs> I also like the fact that the wooden leg. Yeah. I mean, you know it's... You know as soon as they make the comment about the leg, you know something like that's coming. But yeah. as we said, it fits into that silly kind of... Even that bit where the guy hopple, hops around. Yeah. Hops around it, it, it fits into that, those, those um, more ridiculous comic book kind of villains. Yeah. And henchmen. But as you said, it provides that moment of comedy where you get that shot of... You know, Duran's crew looking all intimidating, and he's sitting there hopping. And the other guy puts his arms out to steady him. Like, that, that was funny. I liked it. And I liked the, the, like, they use a few interesting shots, like the first person shooter, when he actually pulls the, the gun out and yep. he starts firing across the, the top. Yeah. And it's a shot from behind the, the gun sight. Yeah, that stuff was cool. And. Yeah, Larry Drake sort of brings the whole thing to an end by cutting that bloke's fucking fingers off. Yes. With a cigar cutter. Yeah, with a very good line, you know, when he's talking through his three points. Yeah. And then he finishes. Because Black does it as well. I've got yeah. three things to say to you. Yeah. At the start. So, yeah, it's kind of like returning the favour. And he says, points, point number three, I've got seven more points. Yeah. Referring to his fingers, obviously. And, uh, yeah, that was that was, that was good, good uh, cheesy dialogue for mine. Yes. It... Look, the opening, the, probably the opening, what, 25 minutes, I think it is, mm. it actually does, it's a pretty streamlined way of getting, we we find out what Westlake's working on. Yep. We know about Durant. Yep. We know that Westlake and his girlfriend, there's a whole marriage thing on the table. Mm. We, we Including Nason's classic line about marriage. Yeah, that's right. So talking about how it's not really going to change much as marriage is just when my grandmother calls and you don't have to pretend it's the wrong number. <laughs> Good. Solid. It then intertwines Neeson and his girlfriend with uh, Colin Freels mm. and how it gives a reasoning behind why Drake turns up looking and, and hurts Neeson. Yeah. He's after the memo. Yep. 
So that's all pretty quickly wrapped and nicely wrapped in about 20 minutes. Yep. So now that's pretty good. It's pretty, um, you know, they're very streamlined about how they do it. Yeah. So it's not complicated. Like no, you're not sitting no. there going, what the fuck? It's down the here? line, very straightforward, and you're straight into it. Yeah. You know? Not to mention, like, the stuff about the synthetic skin that he's working on and holding together better in the dark for yeah. for, for limited reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That stuff is all fine. That's yeah. great sort of comic book. It's setting up the character beautifully. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he's got to be in the dark for it to hold together, you know. Yeah. And that's obviously a huge part of the character now, like, that he can, he can imitate people for a brief period. Yeah. Like, that stuff is great. Great setup. Yeah, I agreed. I really enjoyed that. I really liked the shot after the explosion, where the, the, and his entire apartment blows up. Mm. I'll get to one part of that. One I did, part like, of it, yeah. but there's a shot of Francis McDormand looking up at the like standing in the street, looking at the the the, the blown up apartment, and then yeah. it kind of just sort of fades, and she doesn't move. She stays in the exact same spot, and everything around her dissolves. And it's her standing at the at the cemetery. Yeah, and so it was a really really cool, cool manoeuvre to sort of yeah, yeah. switch the the time period. So the effects okay. aged aged a little. Yeah, a little. But it's a really yeah simple 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 way of line. saying we're now as you said we're moving from A to B at a good pace. Yeah, and we're saying several weeks have gone past and yeah. he's dead. Yep. You didn't weren't doing a lot of work out there. Well, I only had to bury it here. <laughs> like that, that <laughs> fucking comment is. T- <laughs> That guy's losing his job. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't have to be do much. I didn't have to big dig much of a hole. He's only in here. Have some respect. <laughs> Good. I liked it. You pointed it out at the start. The whole dark man character is kind of like the hunchback. It's got a Cosimodo vibe that he wants to. Go to his girl. Like, remember when he first he first sees her on the street? And yeah. He, and he sort of wanders over and tries to yep. Yep. to connect with her, but he can't quite. He's not speak. He's not. He's, he's having not trouble speaking, speaking and stuff. And it just had that sort of like. It was real sort of. You know, it, was, it was a sadness. To it was that a whole. tragedy. Yeah, it was tragedy. It was, yeah, it was because good. it was kind of like he's trying to connect with her and let her know he's still alive. Yeah, but. He also doesn't want her to see him like this, you know? Yeah. And further to that, I love that he stays in the burnt-down lab because mm. stylistically it, it adds to that shit. Like mm. it's, you know, represents where his fucking, you know, but disintegration of his mind. Because he was also out, wasn't he out in the middle of nowhere? He took all the shit from Yeah, the I think he took lab. out the shit, but initially he starts in that burnt-down lab yeah. and then he keeps, when he's in the other place, he yeah. keeps using the, yeah, the burnt-down equipment. Burnt equipment and shit and it looks... It looks cool. It looks cool, and it adds to that vibe. You know, it's a representation of what happened to his body and his fucking mind, and that all plays into this classic monster sort of shit. You know, like the yeah. Phantom of the Opera living under the friggin' yeah, and um, don't yeah. don't see me. Like yeah. I cover my face. Don't yeah. see me. Yeah, yeah I don't, don't see like. the, the the me in full. Mm. You see me hiding. Yeah, I was a big fan of that. Yeah. I really liked the fact that he could. He was using the different faces and the different voices. And yeah, how did he go from tall, skinny Liam Neeson, yeah, big to <laughs> to Larry Drake, you know, fat, tubby guy? Like questions how, about that. Yeah, he got some questions. But 
But um, it, the concept in general is cool yeah. because it opens up those avenues to some of the cooler sort of scenes that happen later on. Yeah, where there's that one where they come face to face in the revolving door, yeah, yep. and they're both it's Larry Drake twice. Yep, you know um, the 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 sequence where he ends up using his own face, and he yeah. <clears throat> and then when the guy realizes that it was a, a, a mask of Westlake. Yeah. His own kind of double comes face to face yeah, with him, and um, that was really cool. And also uh, the bit how he tries, he fucks over um, Paulie. Yeah, yep. And there's a really cool scene where they turn up to Paulie's apartment to work yeah. out what's going wrong with our money. Yep. And he's like, "I haven't gone anywhere," and they find the plane tickets. Yes. And he has having really a nice cool. flight. Next thing you know, he goes flying out the window. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. But Again. also the end of that scene, like the, the exclamation point of that scene where Paulie lands on the car and, and the he's woman looks there. at it screaming and then she turns around and here he is sitting on the sitting on the park bench. She yeah. starts screaming at him. One question about um, every time you see the masks, it's just the mask. So what's he doing about the hair? Because <laughs> remember, the, like he's got the long hair and Paulie's bald and Durant's. As far as I remember, every time you see the, the masks come off, it's just the mask, isn't it? No, no, I think it creates the whole thing. Right, okay. Because they, they take a photo. I thought, he was, I thought he had a collection of wigs that we didn't see. <laughs> Imagine doing Durant's hair. <laughs> oh, you'd be in the bathroom for an hour just trying to get that. I mean, nobody can get that shit <laughs> no. done twice. Yeah. I kind of like the fact that they kind of they explore his sort of Slipping mind a bit. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's losing his, he's losing his mind a bit. Yeah, yeah. He's going a little bit crazy. And I think that's the difference between a lot of comic book films and this. Yeah, is yeah. That he's kind of a dual. He's a split personality almost, mm. um, somewhat. And yeah, you know, the sequence where he breaks the carney's fingers. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best sequences in the movie. Take the fucking bear. He's a- <laughs> the pink elephant, if you please. <laughs> that, that scene is awesome. Him fucking just losing it. Just hamming. The, the rubbery, fing- rubbery fingers that he just fucking does. My favourite part of the entire thing is he goes... He, he breaks the legs for years. He tells her to take the fucking pig bear, the pig or whatever, and then his face starts going... And he's like... <laughs> But look at me! And he runs off like Kramer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Arms and legs all over the place. All yeah, great What's scene. going on? Yeah, I, I, I dig that. Again, it's pretty, it's pretty, um, you know, surface level stuff. It's going, as we said, Raimi's a bit sort of style over, over massive amounts of substance himself. Yeah. But the, you know, the, the line at the end, I think he says something along the lines of, "I, I can deal with it, but, but no one else can." Yeah, basically, you know, indicating that he's just going to remove himself completely because of his fucking disintegrating mental state and yeah. dancing around and trying to trying to, um, you know, dancing around with metal things on his head and trying to beat up cats and he's mumbling to himself. <laughs> mumbling. But the mumbling is all right. Sometimes he's kind of mumbling and the, 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 the yeah, the dancing around was probably a shade over the top. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sam Raimi should have pulled him in a touch there. Yep. Said, there, we don't need this. Um, no, Raimi was sitting there going, more, more, <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah. If you're not careful, if you're not going to do it, Bruce Campbell did for me, I can tell you now. The final, the sort of the, I, I don't want to say it's the finale because it's not. Uh, it, it's the fight between Durant and his crew. Um, at the, the warehouse. plant or whatever he's working in. leads to the that chopper. leads to the chopper. All that stuff was pretty cool. Yeah, I liked it. That whole sequence. Using the hologram. Yeah. 
for the the bird coming down, and he he goes to grab it, and it's a hologram, and he turns around, and it's over there, and it mm. blows the place up. Yeah, um, all that stuff where he's hanging from the helicopter. You know, it was all, was all pretty, pretty cool good. stuff. Yeah, that sequence, as we said, that's where he gets to use the masks a bit more, and mm. that all that stuff was all really really cool. Uh, that was all very superhero-y, You know, yeah. um, changing the faces and yeah. the way that he works through the crew, and then. You know, the head swinging from the helicopter and stuff. That was all great fun. And my final like was the final shot. Yeah. Call me Dark Man. And it's Bruce Campbell. You know, I'm everywhere but nowhere. Yeah. You know, that that stuff was great. Well, great cameo. I think it's Bruce Campbell's best cameo. Yeah. You know, the Raimi, the cameoing all of Raimi's work. I think this was the one where it's like. You didn't necessarily expect him. Yeah. Um, this movie was for kind of genre fans who probably would have followed his work from Evil Dead. Yeah. So it was a nice little nod. Yeah, to real that. nice touch. I loved it. And just yeah, I really liked the the way it ended. I thought it was really cool. Set yeah. up, set up. You know, I mean, couldn't you have got Bruce Campbell for part two? Surely. Nah, he was probably <laughs> he was probably too expensive for him as well. No. At that point. Bruce was working for food. Are you saying saying Campbell works for Vosloo money? Well, less than Vosloo. Well, more. He must work for more if they decide to go with Vosloo. Surely Campbell works for more. No, not back in 95. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Back in 95, but, jeez, I'm sure it wasn't good. Okay, you got any other likes? No, that's uh, that's pretty much most of them. I, I had some little ones like the uh, Ivan Raimi. <laughs> Ivan Raimi cameo. Hey, Ted Raimi, that where he's where that sequence where he's. Where did I get Ivan Raimi from? I don't know. Is there an Ivan? Is there another one behind the scenes? There might be an Ivan. Ted's in front of the scenes. But Ted's um, a writer as well. Yeah, yeah, Ted does some of that stuff as well. But he's the one that usually appears in the movies. And look, I'll, I'm I'm writing. I'm off sure Ivan Raimi. was in there too. Somewhere. <laughs> I'm writing off Ivan Raimi if I'm wrong. Ivan was an extra. I, I guess. will uh, I will provide a retraction in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll apologise to Ivan Raimi. But yeah, that sequence where he's you know that started starting to show that he's losing it, like when the when that over the top rage comes over. Yeah, and he, he pushes starts, the bike know, up in the. Yeah, when he's like, and he says to him, "You've given me the details, whatever. Let's pretend you have." It and holds yeah. his fucking head up over the yeah. That, that stuff cool. is uh, was awesome, Good and I also really liked where he used when it was um, showing him probably under the pump in that scene with the other with the in the in the um, Chinese restaurant, mm. him under the pump with the other guy, and yeah. where he uses his abilities to kind of yeah know, yeah he burns his hand, he starts burning his hand to that that was that was cool. I really really liked that. Mm. Um, I thought they just found creative ways to work with the character, and yeah, I yeah. liked it a lot. Um, right. Just, just so you know, there is an Ivan Raimi. Is there? He's, the, he, he's their brother. Did he write Darkman? No, he's a doctor. It says, and screenwriter. So he might have had some work in there. Are you sure that he didn't write it? Get on internet movie database while we're here. Okay. I got, I've got fucking retractions again. <laughs> <laughs> it was Ivan Raimi. I don't want to accidentally. <laughs> Contribute this to Ted Raimi if he didn't write it. Uh, writer Duckman. So he did write it. Yeah. So he wrote. Um, wrote Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. Did some work on the Spider Man's. Wrote Army of Darkness. There okay. You go. So Ted's not the writer. Ted's Ted's the actor. Okay. 
Although I think Ted does some some writing. producing. But Ivan writing. wrote this. Ivan wrote this. Apologies to Ivan Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back on track. I'm sure he's um I'm sure he's listening and he probably is. he's gonna be thoroughly impressed that you've you've decided you've showed the caliber of man <laughs> that you are by correcting your mistakes like that. Yeah. Yeah, the dislikes. That some of the tech stuff looks pretty shit out. Yeah. Uh, at one point he puts some photos of what looks to be a washing machine. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Presses a few buttons. And and the, effects, the effects of the skin materialising um, wouldn't have looked out of place in Ghost in the Machine. <laughs> yeah, they would have been cut from Ghost in the Machine. A little bit dated, a little bit dated. Yeah, I mean, again. The, the, the effects in terms of him and the face... Yeah, that and all that fine. sort of stuff. They're all they're all really good, but yeah, uh, yeah the, uh, the the digital digital work, work is, uh, was a little bit off. Little green bit screen work when he's hanging from the helicopter. Mm. Some of that looks poor. Yeah. Um, it looks better when it's actually legitimately a stuntman. Yep. Um, so some of that stuff dates the film pretty heavily. <laughs> when the house blows up. <laughs> <laughs> Is Westlake's flaming corpse comes flying out of there at a million uh, yeah, miles an hour. Because he's going. Corpses something. don't scream like that. His flaming body comes flying out, screaming like an idiot. Yeah. And I just started laughing, and all I could think about was Bruce Campbell. <laughs> this is what Bruce Campbell had to go through <laughs> in the Evil Dead films. Yeah. But yeah. they were actually setting him on fire. Yeah, they were, true, true. They were actually in him. They weren't just chucking him in front of a green screen. <laughs> so if that it was, was Bruce Campbell, they would have actually blown the building up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't worry, mate. Just lay there. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Look, we're hoping that um, you know, all this work back here will catapult you out the window. But when it does, we're going to catch you on camera and you need to go, ah! So... Yeah, that was great. And it was followed almost, you know, it was only about 20 seconds after that that the grave digger was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> his, his ear. Is that much work? His deadpan look about how he didn't have to dig very far to bury it. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. Every time we went into Westlake's mind... Yeah. I mean, it was like someone no. just vomited up a heap of ideas. Yeah. Somebody got some stock footage and some, you know, some colourful imagery and just vomited, vomited it all up At one together. Point, what looks to be like a meteorite comes across <laughs> the screen. Yeah. A flaming meteorite. And I was just like, what's this got to do with anything? I did like the, um, I liked the idea. Of this rage kind of going off in him, but yeah. the, the the imagery was a bit. I'd have been be- I'd have been happy if it was like Steve coming out of his ears yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> because the man's got a fucking prick of a yeah. mind. If that's what's going on in there. And parts of it looked like a less impressive Peter Gabriel film clip. <laughs> it was just <laughs> it was very weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Colin Freels. Freelsy. Freelsy. Look, I'm going I'm gonna come straight out. The bloke was pretty rubbish as a villain. Yeah. In a way you probably only really needed Durant. It felt miscast. Yeah. Even if you had that role, it felt miscast. Like I just Freelsy didn't strike me as the swami you know, the swami kind of the businessman type. He's more. I don't know. He's just got it. The more of the kind of knockabout quality. He's more at home on a boat. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're saying? A crew of water rats, <laughs> shall we say? Well, look. 
His accent's also rubbish. I mean, then again, Neeson's accent is not American at all. No, no. But it doesn't really matter with Darkman. He's kind of... It's well, when he's of, rambling, yeah, I, can, he, I can't decipher it anyway. He so. sort of let it slide, whereas Friel's needed to be the guy... Like, he's the guy that's kind of like... He's not the muscle. He's he just the guy over the like top. A, he kind of had like a light New York sort of... Yeah, and he's supposed to be kind of whining and dining Jenny... Yeah. Is it Jenny? I think it was Jenny. I don't know. <laughs> Julie, right. sorry. <laughs> he's wh- sorry. Sorry, Jenny. Sorry, Julie. Um, he, he's whining and dining Julie, so he's supposed to be kind of like smarmy but attractive, you know, mm. and he's supposed to be the guy that kind of charms her. Yeah. That didn't really fully, fully, fully developed anyway. Yeah, they never really fully developed that. They well, had that he's sequence. Supposed to be this sort of Armani suit wearing character. Yeah, Frizzy's more of a, a Lowe's man, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's trackies. <laughs> <laughs> he's a trackies guy. He stop. He doesn't know. He can't even spell Armani. He's got. He's got no idea what Armani is. Right. Yeah. Look, he let Australia down. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, unfortunately, it wasn't long after this he was um, he was shuffled into the hill with his water rats for ten years. So, like Frilzy, I love you, but yeah, this wasn't a role for you. You're suggesting you should surrender his passport, or you know, he has left the left country. He <laughs> has the not country left the country now. since 1991. No. <laughs> I think that's yeah, that's indicative of what he produced here. <laughs> Look, he's a good oh, enough actor, man. but this wasn't a role for him. Yeah, I think it didn't well, this is the thing. I don't I don't think Colin Frills is a bad actor at all. I just his work in this just didn't inspire didn't inspire anything. And the character in general wasn't particularly intimidating or anything. So no. one of my big dislikes is the ending feels tacked on. Yeah, it feels like the Durand sequence should have been the ending, right? Yeah. Whereas Frilzy's tacked on for another five minutes yeah. to give him a chance to save Julie and kind of, I guess, wrap that whole thing up. Yeah. But Frilzy's not... You could have got to that anyway with Durant. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why Frills's involvement... I mean, really, he's only in about four scenes, isn't he, or five scenes? Yeah, he's, he's not, not really in, it, in much. it that much. No. So... You could have possibly even done away with the character and used Durant as your, your heavy. Yeah, or work out some other way to have that. Because that, yeah, obviously... It was a memo. It was built around this memo, but it just felt like, yeah, he shouldn't have been the 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 heavy. If anything, he was he was paying the heavy and getting involved with the heavy, but Durant should have been the one that was... Yeah. At, oh, it just that if if that finale sequence had have been the finale, what we thought was should have been the finale, if that had have been the finale, it would have been a really nice way to end it, yeah. finish it up. I think. Any other dislikes for you? Uh, again, minor. But going into when you see some of these things happen and you think about what's going on here, who's not tying the John Doe with ninety percent of his body burned in the <laughs> hospital? To the fucking one lab explosion you had in the city that night. <laughs> um, I don't know. 
I mean, the guy was... was he, John Doe? He was burned oh, look, to a crisp. We found 90% of his bodies. He only had one ear. <laughs> he's, he's missing an ear. Well, that's funny because we found an ear in this um, lab that exploded the other night. Who, who used to live here? Peyton Westlake, has anyone seen him recently? <laughs> this no. open and shut case. <laughs> He's not a John Doe. Somebody just wanted to get to fucking dinner before 8 o'clock. You know, they didn't want to have to pull an all-nighter. The detectives uh, yeah, on this side look, of they're just like, oh, look, wrap this up. <laughs> what do we do with the ear? Give it to the grave digger over there. He'll sort it out. Yeah, we know it's Peyton Westlake's ear. Oh, well, yeah, we've got a badly burnt human uh, missing an ear. That's nah, not him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you think it could be him? Nah. <laughs> yeah. i got to go to the lunch. <laughs> look, we'll talk about it when I get back. Yeah, look, agreed. It's an open and shut case that Peyton Westlake was the bloke who's currently in the hospital. Yes. But yeah, yeah, look, pretty minus, I mean, you let it, it, you let it go eventually, but Yeah, it's kind of funny. But it's the same as how does he end up looking fat and dumpy when he's Durant, yeah. but Liam no, 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 Neeson when he's not. Yeah, you just got to run yeah, with Yeah, you gotta, just got to go with it. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of like the face-off rule. Yes. Also, I was um, highly amused by the fact that the city was obviously fucking swamped by a monsoon with all this water that was coming down. As you pointed out, the bloke, the bloke decides to sleep in a box and then can't be bothered to chase that. <laughs> Can't be bothered to chase that box when it goes floating well, down the street. Lay, lay on the fucking con- uh, the part of the box so you can hold it down. <laughs> like, you don't just stick it over the top of yourself. You're just asking for trouble. <laughs> it's going to blow off. I mean, yeah, exactly. don't lay next to a sewer pipe, you idiot. Yeah, you, I mean... You're laying on that street. You're catching whatever the punisher caught down in the sewers too because it's it, the hygiene on that street is similar. I'm not but it was, you know what? What was going on in that street? Because it was three feet deep in yeah, the water. Yeah, the water was very deep. Well, I, I guess the thing with about about catching what the punisher had, um, Darkman doesn't have a fucking toppler to fall off anymore. Everything's going to fall off the man. Played by Liam Neeson, so he half a toppler. He's a fucking... What were you saying last night? They went into the lab and they said, oh, we found what seemed to be like a piece of rolled pork or something. It looked like a a rolled roast. Um, Then we realised it was half a penis. <laughs> and once again, once again, detectives, detectives could still not join the puzzle pieces of Harvey's dick and the bike that's funny burned in crisp with only half a knob. You find that we're looking for a badly burned Liam Neeson. It's clear. I've been shot. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. The dark man made some strange moves early on. I mean, I'm not sleeping on that street. No. Even if it's raining. I understand it's raining and you're going to get wet no matter where you are. Yeah. You can't feel it anymore. I know. That was what I think they were trying to point out, that he didn't care about it. (laughs) He didn't feel any pain or any cold or anything like that. But he'd still feel the the mild inconvenience, which is... (laughs) Yeah, as I said, I'm chasing that box down because I require... A kind of living quarter <laughs> when I'm on the street. No yeah, matter yeah, how yeah. that starts, you're going to hang a little light from the corner yeah, of the box. I, and... I, need, I need something. <laughs> I need to feel like it's a room. You know? So I'm chasing that thing down in the in what seemed to be fucking Hurricane Katrina or something. It's <laughs> going off down there. Oh. Yep. Any other dislikes for you? No, that was it. Mostly, I didn't have a lot to dislike about it. I really enjoyed it. So. 
Yeah, so did I. That is Darkman. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Podomatic. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Please rate and review. Uh, we're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. And keep an eye on our Facebook page for details of our next film. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me or one word or lowercase at iinet.net.au.